right, beautiful souls. Today, I have yet another soul sister healer on the show with me today. We talk about healing. We talk about energy work, and it's just a magical experience. Tune in to check it out. Hello, and welcome to Those Late Night Visitors. I'm your host, Stephanie Marie, a psychic medium and spiritual teacher. Having been a medium since I was a child, I am wildly passionate about mediumship, spirituality, intuition, the paranormal, and everything in between. This podcast is going to blow your mind with all things psychic and witchy, and if you're not a believer yet, I promise you that will change. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to it. Welcome back. Hello, hello for another episode of Those Late Night Visitors. Today, I am blessed to have one of my soul sisters with me, Miss Carolyn Laura, who is based out of Virginia and is going to teach us all things about empowerment. So Carolyn, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be on your show today. Thank you for the opportunity. And I've had a career of 20 plus years as a professional hair makeup artist and about 12 years as a spiritual coach. One of my gifts was seeing the potential for the client's highest level of living, highest level of activation. And whether I was doing that through beauty or through coaching work, I love to help people heal and shine and empower their greatness and live in their best lives. Yeah. And I think that's so on point with just, I mean, where I'm at in my journey with the business and really shifting the gear to healing because with everything going on around the world and we, even within ourselves, healing is just something that I think so many people overlook. So before we hopped on and started um, recording the episode, you were speaking of truly the magic that you bring to your clients. So just so the listeners get an idea, what does that really entail? Because you said on the inside and the outside, like, what does that really mean? Yeah, well, I started out doing hair and makeup on the outside, obviously. And I found so much joy, even when I was a young kid in decorating and letting people's outer beauty shine. In that process, I was doing hair makeup on some high level people in the government, politics, senators, different things like that when I was working for national news. And I really felt a lot of discrepancy in what I was creating on the outside versus what I was feeling empathically on the inside. And so I would kind of coach them in the chair and be coaching everyone in the makeup room and realize that the beauty work wasn't just external. It had a lot of internal factors as well. That's kind of how it got started. And I think that's such a beautiful way to describe it, right? Because especially in society, right, we're so focused on the outside. And yes, throughout, I want to say the last 10 years, society as a whole has been more aware of what's going on on the inside. However, I feel like so many people don't understand how to either work with that or move it or heal it or fix it or what, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I've learned, and please chime in what you've learned. I've learned that once I am able to shift, to look at either the situation or myself from a place of love instead of judgment, that's when the big jumps happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like each 
emotion kind of starts with judgment. You're like, I should be like this, or I wish I was. It's judgment against yourself and into your worthiness that you're not what you think you should be. And then as soon as you recognize you're judging, you can easily switch that into a place of love. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes practice (laughs) (laughs) because I remember at the beginning, you know, like Gabby Bernstein's one of somebody that I read all of the time. And at the beginning when she's like, well, just change how you look at it, you know, choose to see it differently. And I'm like, what? Like, no, I'm still really angry or I'm still really, you know, fill in the blank. But I do feel that changing that perspective, such a game changer. So what are some of the, I guess, you know, I don't want you to give all of your secrets away on the show, but what are some of the things that you would tell maybe not the clients, but maybe somebody that was, you know, going through a hard time and does want to heal. They just kind of don't know where to start. Where would you tell them to start? Well, one thing is that once you go on the journey, it does end. Cause there was a point in my life where I was like, I don't know if this healing's ever going to end. Like, and I, I've gotten to that place where I feel the wholeness, not like every day is hundred percent perfect, or I don't have hard feelings come up, but I know how to hold and integrate them. Now I can see myself, even if I'm judging myself, I can see that judgment and try to release it and work through it. So the healing does end. I'd like to start with that. Like you can get to the other side and find that expression of wholeness. And two is you have to hold all feelings and some feelings suck to hold. If you find that you've made a poor decision and you feel ashamed of yourself or something in your past, there's a pocket of shame. No one wants to feel their shame. Even if you've done shadow work for a million years and you're really, really good at it, Shame sucks to sit in the same space with. Imagine kind of like all of your emotions have a place at the table. Shame's here. Sadness is here. Anger's here. I hate to feel all of those. I want to be a loving person. So to feel anger for an extended amount of time was kind of challenging for me. and be like, oh, I can see the best in that person. I can see the good in it. And then it's like, actually, no, I was disrespected. I'm allowed to feel angry about this and to actually hold the anger for as long as it needs to be there sometimes is key to healing as well. So it's kind of a balance about, you know how to switch gears and you know how to sit in it when you need to either way. I love how you brought up the point of like people pleasing, right? Like you're just, I, I don't, I don't, have the right to feel angry or sad or disrespected or whatever, because I just want to keep the peace. I'm just going to brush it under the rug and make everybody happy and be okay. And that was another turning point. I mean, in my journey as well, where I was like, no, I'm tired of feeling X, Y, and Z. So how do I move through that? And for me personally, boundaries was a huge one. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's actually like the right to say, I have the right to this boundary. I have the right to having my needs met. And that's so big for people. Like you don't even feel like you have the right because of the experiences that you had as a child where it was like, your needs don't matter. Well, not all of them, but specific needs didn't matter. You know, you had to people please in order to make sure everything was okay in some regard. Absolutely. And I, I was brought up in a very nice, like I had a very good childhood. I'm not saying anything like that. However, because I wanted to please everyone, I would keep 
my feelings inside. So I wouldn't speak up about my feelings because they weren't always validated. Right. Right. Also like my little brother came when I was eight and a half. So when I was eight and a half, the attention got shifted as Mm -hmm. it should have, but at eight and a half, you don't understand that. So I took that as like, oh, I need to behave. I need to be good. I need to keep my feelings to myself because I can't bother anybody because of the baby. And it wasn't anything my parents said to me. It was just how I understood the situation to be. And it's taken well into my 30s for me to feel comfortable speaking up, for me to feel comfortable voicing what I'm saying, you know, and I do have to say like my husband has helped tremendously in that. He's like, no, I want you to tell me how you're feeling. You know, I want to know so that we can move forward better and we can do this better. But that for me was a huge piece. Cause like you said, sometimes it's just how we're brought up. Yeah. And you don't realize that either. I had um, some shamanic journey where I saw the seed of one of my pushing down my needs was I was at the zoo when I was like five years old and I've always been very sensitive to sunlight and smells and the heat. Like I'm just a highly sensitive person. So I was at the zoo and it was like 95 degrees. I think I'm like melting and dying as a child. I'm like, I need water. I need to get out of here. I need a hat. And I remember I saw in the vision of the shamanic journey that it was really brushed off. It was like, oh, just stop being a pain in the butt. You don't need any of that. And I'm like, okay, fine. I guess I don't, you know, I guess I'm just dramatic from saying these things. But looking back now, I still need these things today, you know? And so now I'm like, nope, I need to make sure I have my hat. I need to make sure I have my sunglasses. I need to make sure I have my water. Maybe I don't really enjoy being outside in 95 degree temperatures for an extended amount of time, you know? I'm not going to create suffering for myself. Now I'm going to honor what those needs are. And if one of my friends said, oh, you're a pain in the butt, I would start to second guess how they're respecting me, you know? It would be a very different perception. Absolutely. And now just because some of my listeners are a little new to the spiritual world, can you explain a little more of what a shamanic journey is? Yeah, I'm not sure how good my definition will be. (laughs) I've worked with a lot of different shamans who do the process differently, but I would say it's somebody who's been spiritually initiated or spiritually activated to be able to lift different layers of the veil off sometimes from your consciousness or deeper levels of your healing, different things of that. So you can see more clearly and we have a transformation when that happens. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this was your experience, but like sometimes shamans will bring like plant medicine in to help you or other modalities to help you. So, you know, a shamanic journey is similar to when I've spoken on other episodes about plant medicine or, you know, just other healings, like Carolyn said, it's more about the person that's leading you through the journey to get the transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like lifting the veil somehow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because I know some of these terms and jargon that we use in the spiritual community can get confusing to people that aren't, aren't there yet. Yeah. You know? So thank you for helping to explain that. Yeah. I am wondering though, like you said, this came up as like a vision, right? It it was a remembering that you had tucked away somewhere. So is this some of the shadow work that you do with clients as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if I'm in a session with a client and like one of my clients said, my mom was always a bad parent. 
that's the story she has imprinted in her mind. So even if her mom was a bad parent on a few examples, or of course, every child doesn't have their needs met hundred percent of the time. It's just, you're human. It's just how it has to be. Like you have that's to work on some things with your parents. It's like, Absolutely. you have to, but from her saying that story so ingrained, it's like she has a pair of glasses on and that's the lens that she's seeing everything through. I'm a victim. My mom was a terrible mom and she's living in that place. And I'm like, what if you changed it to my mom was not able to meet my needs, but she did the best that she could. Or my mom wasn't the perfect mom, but I know that she loved me in her own way. Even shifting the story a tiny bit. And that doesn't give the mom excuse or bypassing for anything that went wrong. It's just changing the frame that you're seeing the story through. And then you're going to start living a different experience. You can start climbing out of that space of a victim. And everybody has a victim archetype in their consciousness that there's some something that you're that everyone can say, I'm a victim because this and that. And even on a small basis, on a daily basis, things like that could happen where you're feeling like a victim. But you always have a choice to change the story. And um one of my friends also taught me that there's always more than one choice. There's always more than two choices. And some of them seem like I should stay, I should go, but there's actually like 20 more choices. Like I can go take a walk and think about this, or I can try to reframe this story or, you know, there's multiple options to get out of the space of the victim where you have those glasses on. But I think changing the story slightly while you're starting to do the work helps a lot. And that's a super valid point. And I love how you said one of the options can literally be, I don't need to make this decision right now. Because I know for so many of us, it's like, no, we need to do it now. We need to fix it. We can't feel like this. We need to do it now. And that's not always the answer. It's absolutely not. And I learned this the hard way in, in a sense, like Carolyn, 10, 15 years ago in our relationship, if a challenge came up, I'm like, we have to fix it right now. We have to talk about it till we're blue in the face. Even when you're like, you don't even have any resources to talk about it. I still wanted to try to figure it out. You know, now I'm like, oh, something's coming up. Do we have the answer right now? Nope. Everything's fine. Let's just let it sit in this amount of tension. Um, sometimes I'll help to I use like the violet flame, which helps to purify the energy. And if you feel like this tension that you don't really like the feeling of, a quick violet flame for five minutes really helps move that energy. But otherwise I'll just be able to sit in the space of tension. And that's the part that you're healing yourself. If you're able to sit in tension within yourself, you're healing. That's beautiful. And I do want, and if you're share as much as you're comfortable with, but I, the way you spoke about your own healing journey and how you really got into this work is just so beautiful because I feel like so many women go through a similar experience at some point in their life. And for me, it was also a romantic relationship that brought me into my spiritual awakening. Right. And, you know, to see both of us being spiritual entrepreneurs that are bringing this work into the world, I, I just want you to share your story if you're comfortable so that other women understand that, number one, they're not alone, 
And number two, you can still do miraculous things after something so tumultuous. Yeah. I'll take it even a little bit further back than from what I even told you, but before I met that particular partner that I had, that I got divorced from, I had written a manifestation list, was really into law of attraction and things like that. And I wrote a list of a front and back page of everything I wanted in a partner. And my friends were like, you're crazy. You're asking for too much. You're never going to meet someone that meets this kind of thing. It was also very ego driven. Like I wanted him to look a certain way and act a certain way and all these different things. Like it wasn't like what was best for me. It was like what my ego had contrived. I wanted my life to look like. And I was really good and really big into manifestation at that time. So I met that guy and my body was a no to him, even though he matched everything on my list. I ignored the sensations in my body and because of the timing of my life. And I think that it was destined to happen for the different lessons that were to unveil and the different healing and the programs that I'm offering today. I think I had to go through this whole journey of healing. So my body was a no to him, but I said yes and got married and did the whole thing. And I was like, I don't think this is right, but still I'm lying to myself. I'm like, it's fine. It's you just be happy, just be satisfied and kind of working through the different components. And I was doing the artist way morning pages, which where you just get up in the morning and write freehand three pages of whatever's fresh on your mind and even when I was doing my morning pages and about three or four months in I didn't even want to admit to myself the truth that I was thinking of divorcing him I didn't even want to acknowledge the untruth that was inside of me so I wrote it real small on the paper like I kind of want to get divorced from him you know and it took me about two years, even after I had written that, for that all to unravel to the place where I was like, okay, this isn't moving forward in a healthy way. Lots of things. Like it wasn't a healthy space and it kept getting less healthy. It wasn't going in the other direction, even though we had went to therapy and had some different people helping us and things like that. So I felt like when he was about to leave the house that I was going to enter into um, my glow up immediately. Like, okay, the toxic factors leaving, I'm going to be able to feel happy, to shine. And initially I did. I felt like, wow, I'm free. Then the heart healing still had to happen. Um, we were together for about seven years. And a lot of that was me lying to myself, maybe about five years of me lying to myself about, is this working? Can it work? You know, all the different navigational points. So I had to heal my heart. And um, at the time I was working as a staff artist for Fox News, which was a stressful job. And I would get off work and my heart would be hurting so bad. And I was trying to do everything I could think of. I'm a Reiki master, a yoga teacher. So I had lots of tricks up my sleeve of ways to self-heal and self-soothe, but it was serious. You know, like my heart felt ripped apart and lonely and shredded. And for initially I would try to fix it with online dating or some other source of getting validation from an outside source to try to make it all better. Every day I would go into a meditation with my heart, imagine the white light streaming down in to heal it, 
And each day I did this consistently with dedication for over a year. I didn't know when it was ever going to end. I was scared that it was never going to (laughs) end at some point, you know, and I think sometimes when you're deep into healing work and you're healing old ancestral stuff, you're healing long-term things, it feels like it's never ending, but there is an end, I promise. So at that point, when I was doing that work with the divine light and things like that, I got this beautiful program downloaded to me. At that point, I was calling it Love Metanoia. And it was a full 80-page program of just writing it down as fast as I could, fast as it was coming through on exactly how to heal your heal your heart, exactly how to get in alignment with your heart's desires as a partner and not from an ego sense, like he's six foot one, he's tall, he makes this much money, things like that, but more from a sense from the divine. So that program was all about healing the heart back then. And now it's kind of merged into a larger program called Radiate and Receive. But that was about seven or eight years ago that that first got downloaded to me. Just listening to your story, you know, like there's so many times that we think we should like, I'm thinking back to why you chose him and why you went and, you know, I I said the same thing. I had a full body, but I was like, no, everybody (laughs) around me is telling me I should date him and he would be good for me because he already likes me so much. Like I would be stupid, blah, blah, blah. And I went into this relationship and same thing. I ended up getting hurt. And I mean, granted, it put me into alignment. It put me where I needed to be looking back now. And I just, when you were speaking that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm never going to feel better, you know? And I, I think that that's such an important thing to highlight because, you know, even people, women or men that are listening to this podcast, like know that it is going to get better. Even if you don't feel it at the current moment, like it is going to get better. And when you work with mentors like Carolyn and myself, we can just help expedite the process. I think it's huge to work with somebody that you're in alignment with when you're really going through something, especially if you start to feel like this is never ending. If someone else has already done the work, they know how to navigate the space. They know how to make it a lot faster and a lot less painless for you. And they can see, oh, you're hitting a worthiness wound. Oh, you're hitting your abandonment wound. Like if you've been abandoned in your childhood, even in your life at some point, it creates a wound space. That wound is always there. So the part of healing is I can talk about it. I can feel it. I can think about it. And I'm not suffering anymore. That's that's moving into healed, you know? Mm-hmm. So working with somebody who's done the work to heal these things inside themselves, that's had these experiences, will definitely make it so much easier to get to the other side. Yeah. And, you know, I found my support in books at the time. Mm-hmm. And in therapy, I went to talk therapy, but I think you need to find something that works for you. And yeah. even when I work one-to-one with a mentor, like currently I'm in groups working with a mentor, but even when I do work one-to-one with a mentor, I feel like that's very similar to talk therapy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So if you find somebody that is specializing in what it is you're looking to heal or just healing in general, and you find a healing practitioner, like you're already, you know, miles ahead. Right. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And something different might work for everybody too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely, I wish there was a one size fits all, but there's definitely <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or a time so, frame. Like you work on this wound, it's only going to take a month. Don't worry. Well, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. There's definitely no secure timetable before you give everybody how they can contact you, how they can connect with you and all of that jazz. What are your big offerings aside from the program you already spoke to today? Yeah. So I do one-on-one coaching and I have another lady who's also on my coaching roster for my company. She's really exciting and transformational space holder as well. And then I have a membership that I'm launching coming up soon, which will be inner beauty codes. And I'm thinking of calling it Aphrodite's beauty club, just to really be able to see what's in the way of you shining and living your heart's desire and aligning fully with your highest self. And then also the eight week program, as I mentioned, which is kind of like the master's program for healing. I do take you through an extensive place within yourself and you come out on the other side in eight weeks. So it's really safely held. And I have two really special healers that are in that program as well. One's doing like quantum past life regression work. So you can see your highest self and see yourself in sacred union, which is like that feeling of wholeness inside of you. And then you're going to manifest wholeness in a partner. Then you're going to manifest wholeness in the relationship, you know, which there actually can be peace, love, and beauty in the relationship. It doesn't have to start out good and then dissipate and fall apart, which is what a lot of old patterns can have people fearing or feeling. And then the other lady in that program does emotional tapping release. So it'd be like in a group setting where the different feelings come up and they're universal. The abandonment wound is universal in some regard, you know? So to figure out where yours is and how you can hold the space for yourself and navigate that, heal and allow yourself to shine. That's what I'd like to continue to specialize in. So those are my offers. Those sound amazing. Like all of them sound amazing. So if somebody is interested, obviously I'm going to have all of this information in the show notes for them. But if they're like, you know what? I don't even want to go to the show notes. I just want to talk to you first. How, what's the best way that they can contact you? They can contact me through the website at theheartstory.com or my email address indigoroswellness at gmail.com. All right. Fabulous. And if they want to get your flavor and feel into you a little bit on socials, where can they do that? Instagram, Indigo Rose Wellness. And then also I have a Heart Story Coach Instagram as well. Okay, great. So like I said, all of that information's in the show notes for you guys. And as always, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so much fun.